Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And folks, we have uh, much reason to celebrate. Actually, we have quite a few reasons to celebrate, not just a lot of one. Uh, The Panthers are still second in the division. That's a good reason to celebrate uh, heading into the New Year's Eve weekend. Um. they just beat the lightning, which is always good and fun and important. And they suck. Uh, and arguably most importantly, Aaron Eckblad finally scored a goal. Finally. I mean, he's had some chances and just nothing has gone in. I mean, for the past two weeks or so, the Panthers are just a snake bitten period. And pucks are just not going in for anybody. But yeah, Aaron Eckblad, especially like it's about time, man. My dude, about damn time. Yeah, Aaron Eckblad finally getting on the score sheet. The other two goals, Sam Reinhart scored them. And he's now up to 21 goals on the season. He's on a 50-goal pace right now. Incredible what he's doing this year. It does help that he's playing with... In the summer. Absolutely. It does help that he's playing with Sasha Barkov. And in this game, I'm going to say it does help that he's playing with Evan Rodriguez because, oh my God, he had two unbelievable passes... Yeah. One of them was an assist. The other should have been an assist, but the post cruelly denied Barkov on a clean breakaway. Or not not a clean breakaway. It was a partial breakaway, but... He got a was, clean chance uh, off. It was a very, very good pass. And he just overall had a very strong game and what's been a good season for him with uh, not always the offense there, but you're, you know the defense is there every night. And the rest of the line is, you know... It's always clicking when he's on it. So I've never felt like his presence has needed to be questioned on it. It is fair to say that he hasn't always been putting up the points necessarily, though. But tonight was not one of those games because, man, offensively, he was great. Their first line was just absolutely dominant tonight. Like, every time they were on the ice, it seemed like they were either scoring or getting a premium scoring chance. Unfortunately, Barkov took a penalty, though, so... Yeah, I don't care. He's already got his lady big. He's about to get a second Selkie and possibly a heart. I the days of Sasha Barkov being the preeminent lady Bing favorite uh, are are gone. He's taken what three or four whole penalties already this season. I think probably he's, more. I think he's, he's close to double digits at this point. No, I mean he had. I, I can just. He had the one game recently with two penalties and then a penalty tonight. That's three. And he's definitely had multiple penalties already other than those two games. Sasha so he's 23-24. Give me the PIMs. I would say he's over double. He's at penalties. 10 PIMs. So five penalties. Five penalties. Because you know he's not taking fighting. <laughs> Wait, is this a career high in penalties? Uh, no, 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 no. Not even close, no. actually. Barkov's career high in PIMS, uh, it's actually a tie between 1920 and 2122, uh, in both of which he got 18 PIMS on the year. So we're he four also penalties has a away. Of 16. He also has two seasons of 14. And That's by no means a guarantee, though, Alex. We'll see. Barkov um, has only finished with single digit PIMS 
three times in his career. Yeah, One of Jacob those was the 19 Lady Bang year. Jacob Slavin has taken his like Lady Bang, yeah. you know, uh, whatever you, word to describe, like if it's, if it's, uh, favoritism, whatever maybe? word to describe the guy that's like the winner until somebody else like makes a clear case that they're the winner, basically. Yeah, the you're, basically, you're trying go. to say that late, uh, Slavin is to Barkov for the Lady Bang as Barkov is to Bergeron for the Selkie. Yes. Let's just go with air apparent. That's a yes. good one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And Jacob Slavin is also kind of an air apparent in the most underrated player conversation. Yes. And also the lady big thing as for Slavin, uh, way harder to, to have low PIMS as a defenseman. And he does it. He's incredible. Yeah. But this is not a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. <laughs> uh, Sam Reinhardt, back to that conversation, which got us here real quick. Uh, I believe as of the results of tonight's game, Reinhardt is pacing for 100 points. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. He's getting paid. I mean, (laughs) I I get the Panthers were pressed up against the cap when they signed him to that three-year 6.5 AAV deal. But, man, it would have been nice for that to have been a four- or five-year deal. Yeah, but at the same time, he's going to be 28, 29 when it expires. Um, no, I'm just saying now you're looking at paying him, you know, 9 to 10 AAV. I would say probably under 9.5 because that's what Kachuk is at. But anyway, right. 9 to 9.5 AAV when you could have had another year or two of him at, you know, 7 to 7.2. Yeah, I was actually having that con- that exact conversation with a friend of mine that Matthew Kachuk has basically handcuffed the Panthers in terms of the salary cap of their wingers. I think he's going to get above nine for sure. I think that both of you kind of were already saying that, but if he was 30, I think that a lower number would have been possible considering that an eight year deal would bring him into his late thirties. But if he gets an eight year deal, it's going to start when he's 28. So it's, it'll end when he's 36. Right. Which really like, it's not ideal, but you, I wouldn't be surprised if Reinhardt was still a very good player at 36. Yeah, he'll probably settle into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kazu Pavelski, Marlowe, they've had strong careers well into their 30s, and I think Reinhardt will fit into that mold. Yeah, the player that I actually had in mind, uh, as far as the player that he that he'll probably settle into in his mid 30s, um, Patrick Sharp. Uh, I like it. Mm. Yeah, that's a good Maybe one. Maybe not Patrick Sharp's last couple of years. Uh, last the his last year in Chicago and the year before in Dallas, those were not good seasons. But Sharp was still very serviceable. I mean, he was a fifty point guy into his thirties, into his mid thirties before retiring. Uh, and I, I could see Reinhardt settling into that. Let's pivot to just how incredibly very good. Sergei Bobrovsky was in this game. Oh, yeah. Yes. He gives up two goals, one off of a weird bounce, and all of a sudden Kucherov is shooting on him, and he's got like one half second less to prepare for the shot. And the same thing happened on the Isomont goal. There's a weird bounce, and he has one half second less to prepare for it. And those are the only goals that beat him. And the angle has changed. That's 
those are goals that are very, very hard to prevent. Yeah. I mean, the angle's constantly changing on a goalie, but they often have time to adjust. Well, yeah, because you're anticipating of, an angle change. When you don't have a shot, angle change shot, it's impossible. Right, right. So he, he had less time to anticipate the change is basically Correct. what I'm saying. And otherwise, he was just – he made a, a, a litany of important saves, ended up like well into positive goal save above replacement. I think over one, but I would need to check. Overall, yeah, he, very, he, he, very good game. He was very good. During that West Coast trip, he had some not so great games. That St. Louis game, he wasn't that they lost four one at home. He wasn't great. But yeah, he's definitely been he was very good tonight. He's been good overall this season. I mean, if yeah, if the Panthers could just get league average shooting, they'd be in the hunt for the president's trophy. Two point two eight goals saved above expected. That's not bad. Panthers sitting twenty-fifth in the league in PDO. Yeah, their PDO is mediocre, but like they're in terms of just pure shooting, I think they're thirtieth in um, in shooting compared to where they should be based on their chances. Well, they are tenth in team save percentage at five on five. Yeah, so which means there. if they're twenty fifth in PDO, that that's their shooting percentage real low. Yeah, I think they're shooting somewhere like four percent as a team. Uh, as a team at five on five, they're shooting seven percent. Oh, Which is good. No, that's shooting four percent. Yeah, that makes sense. Panthers team all situations shooting percentage is eight point five, well below the league average, roughly ten percent. Yeah, to put it into perspective, that means that opposing goalies have a nine fifteen save percentage on the Panthers. And if you your goalie had a nine fifteen save percentage, how happy are you about that? You're pretty happy. Okay, all Jameson right. Uh, with the tweet of the night, Jameson always has the tweet of the night. So, um, as most of you are aware, going around the Twitter sphere, apparently Tom Cruise was in attendance uh, at the game tonight. At the very least, he was spotted outside Emily after the game. Okay. Either way, Jameson Olive, Jerry Maguire trying to sign Reinhardt as a client. <laughs> That's a good one. If you want to take the reference deeper, it was a hockey player who had suffered multiple concussions and was asking about if he could play the next day to get his games played bonus uh, that caused Jerry Maguire to grow a conscience and leave and start the events of the movie. Sam Reinhardt is definitely telling them to show me the money right now. Ooh, oh, yes. Well done. Uh, fantastic movie. For the younger people in this uh, audience who have not seen Jerry Maguire, Go watch it. It is just an absolutely top-tier sports movie. You know, full disclosure, I may not have ever seen that movie. I know I've I haven't seen it recently. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fix that. It's it's so good. Like it's, it's just one of the so most lovely. quotable movies ever. Oh, for sure. I mean, you gotta show me the money, show me the quan, um, help me help you. You had me at hello. You complete me. Um, I am the Lord of the living room. My word is as strong as oak. Um, you lost me. I'm just going on quotes from the movie. I think my word is as strong as oak is where the ubiquitous uh, quotes yeah, from Jeremy Wire end. 
I don't know that that scene is like just, that uh, first group of quotes are quotes that people who have never seen that movie know. They yeah, might the not even know that they're from the movie. But the scene is just so good where he where he's in Kush's living room and the dad's like, you know, I don't sign contracts, but my word is as strong as oak, and then he sticks the hand out. That is not that is not nearly as ubiquitous as no everything that came before it. But it's it's a great scene because yes. then it goes. To the ne- the next scene where he's taking uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. through the lobby, and and the and spoiler alerts if you haven't seen the movie, he takes Cuba Gooding Jr. through the it's lobby. It's a thirty year old movie. You don't have to drop a spoiler alert. Hey, I mean, and I then, did just say that I haven't seen it recently. At well, the sucks least. for you. Yeah, I'll so just take off my headphones. It's a thirty year old movie. He's Get in over the hotel it. room with Kush and his dad and everything, and he's and then. The, the bad guy attorney calls and is like, hey, you don't tell Jerry Maguire you switched agents. Jerry's trying to get him, like, like find out what's going on. And the dad just looks at him with this, like, super racist tone. We signed an hour ago. You were in the lobby with the black fella. And it's just, like, just dripping of, like, r- undertone and racism. Just such a well-acted scene. It's such a great movie. Sorry, I could talk about Jerry Maguire for another 45 minutes. We're going to have a special episode during the all-star break. That's actually just Alex doing a dramatic reading of that script. I could do it. All right. Hard pivot guys. Uh, while we were having this conversation about Jerry Maguire that I'm not entirely qualified to be a part of, I wanted to look up something that's kind of a downer. Uh, and I think that Alex was, we, we kind of mentioned around it when we were talking about PDL and the low shooting percentage. I went and looked at every game that the Panthers played in December and the goal scores in those games. And I'm going to walk you through how many forwards in the bottom six scored a goal in the month of December. So let's start with the Islander game where none of the bottom six players scored. They scored four times. The Panthers scored four goals. It was Brian Hart, Kachuk, Verhage, or they scored three goals. I'm sorry. So they, they scored three goals. None of the bottom six got a goal. 5-4 win against the Stars on the sixth. None of the bottom six had a goal. All five goals were scored by the top six or a defenseman, maybe. December 8th, 3-1 win against the Penguins. E2 Lusterainen scored a goal on a goalie. It was awesome. All right. Um, December 10th. Against the Blue Jackets. E2 Lusterainen scored another goal, but this time it was an empty net. December 12th against the Kraken, Panthers were shut out. December 14th against the Canucks, Panthers were shut out. December 16th against the Oilers, 5-1 win. Big, you know, goal-scoring explosion. Surely one of the players in the bottom six scored one of those goals. Nope. Verhage two times, Montour, Barkov, and Bennett. Let's go to the Calgary game. They lost 3-1. The only player that scored was Sam Reinhardt. Let's go to the Blues game. Now we all remember, E2 Lusterainen scored against the Blues. Not on a goal. And it was a, it was a great goal. It was just a, just a filthy move. And, and E2 got that goal on a goalie. Uh, then we go to the Vegas game on the 23rd. Four goals scored by the top six. And uh, Gustav Forsling actually got one of them, too. 27th today, Reinhardt got two goals. 
Bark or not Barkov, Ekblad got the other. So that's two goals on a goalie for the bottom six in the month of December. This has been a problem all year, but like this is particularly egregious. Yeah, and it's it is honestly why I was so hopeful that Patrick King would choose to sign with the Florida Panthers because Atulusterining is turned back into a pumpkin in terms of scoring. Uh, Lundell has not scored at all. Um, Nick Cousins hasn't scored. Uh, Stenland's got a few, but you know he's not bringing consistent offense. Uh, Gadjevic has been solid, but he doesn't provide offense. Stop right there. I got to know this, right now. This drop-off in bottom six production coincides with Jonah Gadjevic not playing. This is true. That's true, but the bottom six has not been producing. They were years. better when Gadjevic was in. They're, they're, you're absolutely I am right. going to die on the Jonah Gadjevic hill. Limited I'm minutes, not- he's been so good. I'm yeah, but I also think that Lockwood is doing a lot of the things that he's doing, which but isn't to say that Gadjevich is not good. I haven't seen Lockwood think... beat the shit out of anyone. Okay, true. But I think Lockwood brings the energy in a similar way. I feel bad for him. Somehow the guy has never scored a goal, and I don't think he's half bad. But but again, it's a fourth just, line. it just brings up a problem. You're not getting offensive production out of anyone in the bottom six. Like Ryan Lomberg, nothing it's just not it's just not happening and you're not going to you're not going to have a long playoff run unless you're getting secondary yes. score that is correct so is the positive spin on this and, I, and i've said this before is the positive spin on this that they go into the deadline already a very strong team with an obvious area that they can improve on without really needing to spend many assets. Yes. I think the upside to this is that eventually Jonah Gadjevich will be back. Yes. The, the downside TJ to the, to the trade deadline angle uh, is it's pretty common for depth scoring to come at a premium at the deadline. Yeah. It definitely comes at a premium. I mean, Ryan Reeves went for a first. Yeah, but that was before. That was that was depth. Group. That was not at the trade deadline. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of the point. I mean, we'll we'll go into this in depth later. Uh, so I don't want to have the conversation now. But I guess the the question I'm going to pose is: Who are the assets? Who are the players that we'd be looking at at the deadline? Don't answer right now. That's a that's a conversation that we'll need to have in the first. Yeah, couple it's, months it's too far away. Let's not let's not go into fantasy GMing. Um, I have a topic that I should have, you know, mentioned to you guys so you could prep for <laughs> it. All right, so we'll just jump into it then. Content uh, now. So it is the end of the year. This is our, our last podcast of 2023. Unless I we like, record again in the next three days, you don't know. Which we're not going to do. I'm not. I mean, doing considering that. we had to take two plus weeks off, and we're sorry about that to those listening. The holidays are very stressful and very busy, and. You know, we all have jobs and lives and families. So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, But year in review, and I'm going to limit it to just the first half of this season. What were you right about? What were you wrong about? What are you most surprised by? And I want to do it around the NHL. Oh, around the NHL. 
I mean, we can let's, let's gonna... do Panthers first. Well, let's do Panthers first, okay. and then let's do around the NHL. All right, I, I, I was know right what about Erod. Wrong about. I was wrong about uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. There you go, nailed it. Yep. <laughs> and I'm most surprised by. That's a good one. I'll have to come back to that. Uh, in the league, I was right about the Senators, which you guys can also say. We so we'll be trying to about the Senators. Let's, let's, all of us do Panthers first, and then we'll come back around the league. But let's already okay. say, yeah, we were all right about the Senators, but I was most right. You were the, you were most, the most right. right. Or at least the loudest. Um, I will say I was right about – TJ already said Erod. Uh, I'll take me right about OEL. In contrast uh, to TJ specifically being wrong about OEL, uh, I was wrong about Jonah Gadjevich. I went into this season with him near the top of my least favorite players list, but he grew on me real quick. Uh, and I will say I am most surprised by Nico Mikola. I thought he would come in and be like solid, a good bottom six or bottom four, bottom pair defenseman. He has been more than that. Yeah, you you guys took a lot of mine. So I'm going to go with I'm most surprised by Kachuk's uh, scoring decrease, even though his on-ice performance has been good. I kind of forgot about bad things. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Most wrong, I thought Montour was going to pick up where he left off, even with the injury. And he has been very mediocre. Um, to the point where it's like, I don't think you resign him. Uh, and then what was I most right about? I'm going to go with OEL because I was very hopeful for OEL, even though that was already said. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. I'll, I'll, Barbell well, we can, we can take Erod as a, uh, we can take Erod as a collective podcast. Yeah, collectively, we were right about, we were right about Erod. Yeah. I kind of feel like I was right about Mikola, but like I didn't predict, predict the extent that he would be good. I was just kind of like, I don't know about these horrible analytics. Let's see. Yeah, and... I guess I guess I should say my surprise is more about the counting stats that he's actually been able to put up. Like he's been yeah, right. way better offensively than I ever would have expected. I expected him to be a t- like a, a very solid defensive defenseman who would. I thought he would be a lot more physical than he's been. Um, not that it's a bad thing that he's not physical. I, but I just thought I thought he would be. Um, but yeah, I figured he would replace the goodest role with a little bit of a different kind of style and he's provided legitimate offensive ability. Yeah, I mean, he's goodest without the hip check basically. Yeah. It's nice to have a tree that just flies around the ice all the time. Well, Gudis wasn't really a tree though. He was six foot. No, no, I'm talking about Mikola though. Gudis didn't yeah. fly around the ice either. But you look how tough the stand, the Panthers were walking wounded in the Stanley Cup finals. But look how much trouble they had with the uh, Golden Knight size defenseman. defense. Yeah, and Mikola brings size yeah. and uh, no trouble with it on uh, on Saturday or Friday or whenever that game was. <laughs> yeah, well, Saturday, I mean, if, if you if you watch George Richards' uh, post game uh, uh, thing after the um, the Blues game, he was saying, "Look, that's the game before the Christmas break." You know, one of the teams is going to jump out to an early lead and carry that game. The Panthers didn't jump out to an early lead, but they clearly wanted it a lot more than the uh, the, the Golden Blues. Knights. No, the Golden Knights. 
Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about they, St. Louis. Knights clearly looked like they'd been on South Beach the night before and was like, "Hey, this is the last." This uh, they had their their holiday party before uh, splitting up for the for the the uh, the holiday break the night before, and we're just like, "Yeah, let's let's play and get out of here. We don't need two points t- tonight." But a very two shot attempts in the first the period. Yeah, two shot yeah. attempts for the Golden Knights in the first period. I don't think I've ever seen a more dominant period that didn't lead to a goal. Yeah, for that sure. was com- that was comical. Every everyone predicted that the the Knights were going to score on their first chance of the game, and they did. Yeah, anyone who's been watching the Panthers for any length of time saw that coming. Yeah, but uh, fortunately, after the holiday break, that whole we are not ever getting a fluky goal for the Panthers is over because the first goal of the game was pretty fluky. Ekblad just kind of floated one in. I mean, he is very good at getting shots on net, even through traffic keeping them low so they cause problems but that was purposes only that's always a great bet that's there you go i mean he's gonna get it on net he's gonna get it say what you want about Aaron Ekblad like in the Vegas game I can't believe he let himself get walked by Ben Putton but he's got shots on net and he's been better than that moment like would imply for sure Back on topic around the NHL, what were you right about? What were you wrong about? What are you most surprised about for the first half of the season? And I'm going to go first since I went last. Uh, We're all collectively right about Ottawa, so let's not say that. Um, I was wrong about the Sabres. I thought they would be better. I did not anticipate them being a middling, not even on the playoff bubble team. Uh, I am most surprised by... The fact that somehow Vancouver, despite horrible analytics, is in fir- is in first place in the entire NHL. It is the most baffling thing. I've been waiting for that regression to hit them, and somehow it just doesn't. <laughs> and what was I most right about? I think I said the, the Rangers were going to be good, and yeah, they're right up there in terms of uh, points in the NHL. So uh, that those are my three. I've been right about uh, Tampa being in position to miss the playoffs. Uh, yes, right you now are. they are they are wild card two. Uh, New Jersey's a point back with three games in hand. Carolina a point back with two games in hand. Pittsburgh three points back with three games in hand. Tampa has still played the most games uh, in all of the NHL, and they current and they sit in the second wild card spot in the East. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna count as right about that uh, because that's pacing in such a way that Tampa very well may miss the playoffs. Uh, I was wrong also about Buffalo, uh, but I want to pick something different. Uh, I was very wrong about the wild. Oh, that's the one I'll give. I had the wild possibly winning the central. Uh, they are not doing well. They're second bottom in the, in the central above only the absolutely garbage Chicago, uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm taking my midseason L on uh, Minnesota's standings position. They obviously could flip it around and make the playoffs, but they're they're not winning that division at this pace. Uh, as for surprised, I'm surprised by Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I I I, I had a feeling this was going to be a down year for them, but I still had them making the playoffs. I think uh, they will. I had they them will. In the wild card spot. Man, they're seventh in their division. Also, it, they it won seven a, it nothing tonight. Race. 
an overwhelming um, seven. Yeah. The, the other, the other thing about Pittsburgh is they're, 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 uh, Predictive analytics looked amazing so far, and they just have not gotten a save. Um, and the the shooting percentages is even worse than the Panthers. Yeah. So they, if the things that correct themselves do, they'll still be in good shape. But I did not think that they were going to be sitting just above Columbus at at New Year's. I think they're close enough that like them coming back to the median will allow them to get into the playoffs. I don't necessarily know if they're about to be the juggernaut that the analytics suggest that they are because this happened last year too. They had terrible shooting quote unquote luck last year too. And you could say the same thing about the Panthers. I think that they play a style on purpose that doesn't rely on like a lot of space being open for transitions uh, because generally they think that, that that space disappears in the playoffs because players are playing harder. That's my guess. Um, did you say most surprised? Yeah, Pittsburgh is my most surprised. And I actually want gotcha. to change my I was right about because just saying standings positions is kind of tired. Uh, I was right about Jonathan Huberdeau. Oof. Yeah, that one's tough. <laughs> He's cooked. Somehow he is worse than last year. I He's just cooked. Bad. It's over. Uh, I like the guy, so I, I'm yeah. gonna feel bad. Um, Me too, but he's he hates Calgary. It seems. I mean, he's it's not, not his personality time. at all. He he was made to play in South Florida. You know, he liked yep. that. You know, the beach lifestyle, the bar scene, the part, the the nightlife, and Calgary is the exact opposite. I mean, they have yeah. a nightlife, but it's very country. It's it's less flashy. It's more. It's pickup trucks and whatnot, and. Huberto's a Ferrari kind of guy. I I saw someone because uh, the Panthers uh, the Panthers started practicing at War Memorial uh, this past weekend, which is really exciting for TJ and me. Uh, but the, so the Panthers posted that video of like all the players pulling up in their golf carts, and Paul Murray said he walked there. And I saw someone tweet in response to that uh, about how cruel it was that they opened this right after Jonathan Huberto left. Yeah, it was, that was rough. Very rough. Yeah. 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 But that's going to, let's talk about that for a second. We, we mentioned it on Twitter, but like, that's a legit recruiting tool for yeah. free agents where it's like, because back in the early days of the Panthers, like they wanted to be by the suburbs, you know, family Parkland, like, when you're, you know, an upper class family, like there's not many better places to live than Parkland. Hey, TJ, um, coming at you from Parkland, but you know, it's like that's so they put the rink in Coral Springs, so the guys with kids and their families could, you know, be a you know 10, 15 minute drive from the rink. But the game has gotten younger, and you know, basically the entire team lives in East Fort Lauderdale near yeah. the near the beach. So the fact that you now have the practice rink at the War Memorial where these guys are literally taking their golf cart, you know, the thing that everyone hates the most is practice. But when you tell these guys, hey, your summer skates, you're during the season, it's like you can literally get in a golf cart and in five minutes <laughs> be from the beach to practice. Like that's a that's a quality of life thing that, you know, 25, 26, 27, yeah. 28 year olds 
they're going to see and be like, yeah, I want to be there. And a team that's well, well run, willing to spend to the cap, like that's a huge advantage for the Panthers. I absolutely agree. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you said. Like they used to have the guys like, you know, that older Beret and Luongo liked being in Parkland. I guess he was younger though when he was on the Panthers first, the first time. Willie Mitchell, Ed Jovanowski the second time. And these were, you know, older players that were family oriented. This is a younger group, you know. The core of this team is under 30 with the exception of Bobrovsky, but he doesn't even live in Fort Lauderdale. I'm pretty sure he lives in Miami. Well, he lives on the beach in Miami, so this is still closer for him as well. Much like, closer, for sure. The, the team overwhelmingly yep. lives on the water. Rock stars. Yeah, it's about that lifestyle. Look, the they two want- games they've played since that first practice at War Memorial have been very strong performances. Which I don't I think agree. there's a correlation, but... Happier players, man. Happy wife, happy happy life. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, real quick, I'll I'll get into what I was wrong about, which is if we're talking about the league-wide consensus, I was basically wrong about everything. I thought the Sabres were going to be. Oh good. my god! I'm going to isolate the hell out of that clip. That's that's our clip. That's I our, was that, basically that, just TJ saying I was basically wrong about everything. Instead I, of 30 seconds, it's five <laughs> seconds of that. I will say the one thing that I was right about is the stars. They're currently first in the Central Division. They have the same amount of points as the Avalanche with two games in hand. Now, they're only one point ahead of the Jets, who have the same amount of games played. So that could happen. But you know, the Jets are, are a team I was wrong about. The, uh, the Kings are a team I was wrong about. Flames, I was wrong about. Oilers, I was wrong about. Everyone was wrong about the Oilers. Hurricanes. Flyers, Rangers, Bruins. I kind of had them as wild card teams. They're going to win their divisions probably. I mean, hope not for the Bruins, but they do have a pretty nice lead right now. It's yeah, yeah, I was wrong wrong that now. gap is closing. The Panthers are very yeah. close. It's a four point gap right now. Bruins have a game in hand, but that, yeah, that's is, a, that's that, that sizable, gap is getting small. That's a sizable gap, though. Four points with a game in hand. Uh, it's not as sizable as you'd think for two teams that play in the same division. I guess one uh, head-to-head win, which they don't have one yet in the two games they played, would make a big difference. Uh, right. Cross your fingers that that comes to pass. Um, what am I most surprised by? Philadelphia, I would say. Ooh, oh, good yeah. one. That's a good one. They've been I think way everyone's better than... surprised by Philadelphia, but, but this is very typical of a Tortorella team where they just massively overplay their skill level in the regular season and then they get to the playoffs and just get exposed for the fronts that they are. He does have he does have a cup ring though. You do have to give it to him. Yeah, he had it with Fucking a team that was exponentially ago, more talented ago. though. Yeah, I mean his team was really talented. And right. didn't he reach the no 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 I'm thinking of Vigneault because the Rangers and the Canucks did that like coach trade where Tortorella ended up in yeah. Vancouver and Vigneault Vigneault brought the Rangers to the cup final. Yes. With with Henrik Lundqvist. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Henrik Lundqvist but, brought the Rangers to a cup final. Yes. 
Yes. But either way, uh, my so MSL also Martin St. Louis, if memory serves, was really good for the Rangers after that trade. You're absolutely right. I'm I'm hesitant to say that I was wrong about the Oilers because I do feel like they're gonna be fine. Yeah, they're fine. But time is it's not running out, but it, you know, they gotta pick up the pace here. They're in sixth place in the division. They're two points behind Seattle. Now they also have four games in hand. So let's see what they do here. Like, put it in perspective, they're 11 points behind the Kings. Cool. Good thing they play in the worst division in the league. Devils, yeah. I'm surprised by. I, I I thought they would struggle a little bit. Yeah. Now that they're no longer a surprise strong team, but I didn't think they'd struggle with this much. Their goaltending has been beyond yeah, the it's been pessimistic terrible. expectations that you could Same have possibly had. Yes, I agree. Like goaltending is sinking both of those teams, and I, I, I'm not really that nervous about it normalizing. You could say the same thing about Carolina. Like they're all three teams have had goaltending that is just unsustainably bad. I can't Unless believe you're like, that that Carolina put uh, Ronta on waivers. He's been that, that bad. That was weird. Even like, still, like who are you? Who are you playing though? Are they? Did they? Uh, Kachikov, did I they guess. Give, I mean, yeah, but they have to have another goalie. They signed Aaron Dell to a PTO. Are they going to actually play him? That would be so funny, the return of Aaron Dell. I don't know. I, Honestly, I bet behind Carolina's defense, Aaron Dell would look really good. Let's not forget the last time Aaron Dell was good, who was he playing for? They should trade for Peter Morazic. Aaron Dell, the last time Aaron Dell was good, he was playing behind the San Jose Sharks team that made it to the finals, largely on the back of having a really good defense. That was, was kind prime of Brent Burns, prime Vlasic. Uh, they still had Brendan Dillon. Uh, Joe Thornton? He's not a defenseman, but I appreciate your input. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, the defenseman. <laughs> they had Justin Braun. Who Justin was not Braun, bad. that's what I was thinking of, yeah. It, it's kind defense. of surprising to see how many teams are being sunk by their goaltending right now, and we haven't seen a goalie trade yet. Like, nope. Askarov is just sitting in the minors, or Soros is just sitting on a, te- on a team in Nashville that is stuck in no man's land. It would be really stupid of Nashville to trade uh, Askarov. I agree, I, but I'm just saying is they have two goalies where they could e- they should be trying to move one of them because they're sitting in no man's land. And they haven't done anything. You've got Carolina. Well, I guess Carolina also needs a goalie, but like they got Kachekov. You know, Panthers have Spencer Knight, who's looked good in the minors, though that four point five million dollar price tag kind of kills anyone from trying to buy him. Um, but like, there's everyone. There's so many teams that need goalies, and no one's done anything to try and fix it yet. It's it's bizarre. Other than waving their bad goalie. Right, waving your back goalie. But like Which we've seen happen twice. Yeah. It's yes. happened twice this year. By the way, yeah, as, as far as surprises go, I'm surprised that none of us uh, have mentioned anything about Sam Reinhardt. Like, we talked about them at the top of the episode, I know, but are we not surprised that he's fourth in the league in goals at New Year's? Not as surprised as I am by everything else. He, to be honest with you, we've always known that Sam Reinhardt is an excellent player, and last year he just was absolutely snake bitten for most of the season. So it's a year later, but it's regressing to the mean for him in a very big way, to the point where he's now overshooting and he's going to regress to the mean back. 
I suppose, but there's a chance he also might not. And oh, this playing with Bender could go on all year, like his Bender last year did. What went on all year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that one lasted way too long. I do have a feeling though that playing with Barkov and to a lesser extent Rodriguez on this line, I'll say more so, is probably going to help the shooting percentage because they're very good playmakers, basically. Oh, Stretching the ice, tiring out the other team, you know, that sort of thing. Go ahead. Speaking of which, why have we not seen uh, Kachuk and Barkov put together to try and get Kachuk going? I know it's very hard to break up one of the best lines in the NHL, but especially during that two-week stretch where goals weren't going in, why have we not seen Barkov and Kachuk put together to try and jumpstart Kachuk? I mean, I think Kachuk is helping for Hagee. I agree, but at the same time, like you've got a hundred point player playing at a fifty point pace, like you got to start doing things to get him to get him going to get the puck in the net. I guess so. They do play together on the power play. I mean, that's probably that's not true. enough, though. I really don't know. Like, I my first inclination is to say that the injury is probably still lingering. And, like, we know that Matthew Kachuk is an insane person and, like, does not care if the body <laughs> says no. Oh, but, yeah. But he, yeah, he's definitely turned – like, the physicality, he is not nearly as physical as he was last year. And that's probably a good thing if he's not as physical in the regular season. Like, they don't need it right now. I agree. But, yeah, he's definitely, like, a fractured sternum. And the fact that he didn't have surgery, I'm guessing he's not 100%. I'm it's with possible. you. No comment. <laughs> yeah, let's not speculate, even though we already did. A- amateur yes. doctor hour with Panthapri. <laughs> um, I don't even play a doctor on TV. You should never listen to me about this. While we're on the NHL subject, though, um, does anybody remember what we said about the Predators with Bruno? And, like, I don't know. I guess that they're pretty much where people would have expected them to be. They're right yep. around Wild the bottom card. of the playoff bu- bubble. Yeah. I mean, I it's very soft this year in the West. The so bubble. They could, they could easily make it though, because of how soft it is in the West this year. Yeah, the issue I mean, is that team is just is just devoid of talent at this point. Yes, although they do have Tommy Novak. They still have. Phil we support Forsberg. Tommy Novak. Like, uh, <laughs> are we ignoring Philip Forsberg? Yeah, but he's a lot older. I mean, than I think it goes said, kind of goes without saying. Behind the Panthers, even though the Panthers have a game in hand. Yeah, um, they're two. Good. I mean, they're two hundredths. Is that how that works? Probably. Basically, Arizona has a five point four five four five points percentage in Wild Card One, and Nashville is three teams behind them, but they have a points percentage of five four three. So a bad week or a good week could put them comfortably in the playoffs or well out of the playoffs, or at least seemingly. They're in a weird spot right now, but uh, I do think generally that Brunette has done a positive job there. Yeah. A little bit better than I would have Great. expected. I wouldn't say better than I would have expected. This this seems about right. Yeah, I guess I should say a little bit. The team is a little bit better than I expected. Okay. I don't remember what I said about them at the beginning of the season. I feel like Nashville was a team that I was like, yeah, they're not great, but they also play in a fucking terrible division so who knows yeah that they play in a terrible conference that for some reason the panthers can't win against the teams in it 
other than Vegas. They can win against the good teams in it. Yeah, apparently. Well, not LA or Vancouver, who apparently is a good team this year. Winnipeg, who is cosplaying as a good team. Vancouver is a good team. <laughs> the 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 Jets have a better goal differential than the Stars, Avalanche, Golden Knights, and everybody else in the West other than LA and Vancouver. That's pretty wild. No, that's pretty Jets. Even though they're not in Minnesota. Yeah. I'd be a good joke. Haha. Better goal differential than the Panthers. They would have the best goal differential in the Eastern Conference. Tied with the Rangers. Anyway, that's the useless uh, side of the day. Yep, I, I just had a nice little hypothesis that I wanted to test. Uh, Winnipeg has the best five-on-five save percentage in the league. Second highest PDO in the league, only behind Vancouver. Yeah. The Connor Hellebuck effect. Those are two good teams that are right now getting incredible goaltending. Winnipeg's shooting percentage... I guess their five-on-five shooting percentage is pretty high. They have a bunch of great shooters. Yeah. But I've, they probably won't continue Kyle to shoot Connor. Mark Shifley? Kyle Connor. He counts as two. That's how good of a shooter he is. He counts as all of Winnipeg's great shooters. Mark Shifley? Don't forget about him. Shifley, yeah. Point is, Connor Hellebuck is the reason. Oh, Gabe Velarde's having a good year with them. Oh, yeah, Gabe Velarde's really good. I like him a lot. Yeah. What and could have also, been? When, you have, when you have Connor Hellebuck, doesn't always matter who your shooters are. <laughs> American excellence, Connor Hellebuck. And Kyle Connor. New Year's resolution, score more goals for the Panthers, score more goals than the other team. <laughs> yeah, like almost everybody on the team's New Year's resolution is just get more goals. Than the other team. Right. And Bobrovsky's New Year's resolution is to save more sh- save more shots than the other team's goalie. He should also get more goals. Actually, no, he should prevent uh, more goals than the other team's goalie. Yeah, save more shots than the other team's goalie implies more easily implies that they yeah. they have more shots than the Panthers do, and less easily implies fewer goals scored. Prevent more goals than the other team's goalie. Just win, baby. All right. That's it, Land Land. Rate us five stars on um uh, Anywhere that you can stream Jerry Maguire. And yeah, rate us five stars on Criterion. I'm sure that Jerry Maguire is a Criterion film. Good night, everybody, or good morning. Have a good day. Go Panthers. We'll see you in 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Go Panthers. Go Panthers.